to episode number 191 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. That song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check them out anywhere you get your music. They really are a great band, so give them a shot if you have not already. And we're going to start today with some good news. The Boston Bruins have been eliminated from the Stanley Cup playoffs. Just a great game last night. Goes into double overtime, game five against the Tampa Bay Lightning, and the Lightning win it when Victor Hedman scores late in the double overtime period to eliminate the Bruins four games to one. The Lightning have really kind of found a knack for winning these playoff overtime games. And as I said in an episode not too long ago, if you're a Ranger fan, I feel like you almost kind of have to root for the Lightning, at least in the Eastern Conference. I mean, once it gets to the Stanley Cup finals, you know, if they make it that far, we'll see who they play. But I mean, think about the four teams that are left. Well, now three teams that are left, but it was four teams that were left coming into this series. You had Lightning, Bruins, Flyers, and Islanders. And I just don't know if you're a Ranger fan, which of those other three teams could you possibly root for? So, you know, I know that Ranger fans, maybe they still have a bad taste in their mouth. If you remember the 2015 Eastern Conference Finals, the Rangers, of course, lost in Game 7 at home against the Tampa Bay Lightning, so maybe you still don't like them because of that, and I get it, because I gotta say, that is one of the toughest uh, Ranger losses I've ever had to endure. I mean... Maybe there are some losses that are worse for some of you guys, but for me, that was just a total gut punch because it really felt like the Rangers were going back to the Stanley Cup Finals that year. It just wasn't meant to be. But bottom line, the Lightning won that game fair and square, so I can't really hold too much of a grudge there. So I've kind of just started rooting for the Lightning by default, at least in the Eastern Conference. And, uh, you know, they take out the Bruins in Game 5 last night, so just a glorious moment there, a job well done for the Lightning, uh, a team that's trying to erase this narrative that they're the type of team that's great in the regular season can't get it done in the playoffs. Uh, That has been anything but the truth in this year's postseason. Another overtime win for the Lightning that eliminates a team. They did the same thing to the Columbus Blue Jackets in the first round. And if you need one more reason to root for Tampa Bay, maybe you're not completely sold yet. I think you got to remember Ryan McDonough is still a member of the Tampa Bay Lightning, and I would love to see him win a Stanley Cup. You know, we've had similar discussions about Henrik Lundqvist where obviously it would be better if McDonough and or Henrik Lundqvist had won a Stanley Cup with the Rangers, but McDonough has moved on. We'll see what happens with Henrik Lundqvist in this offseason, but I don't really care which team it's with. I mean, Henrik Lundqvist, Ryan McDonough winning the Stanley Cup, uh, that would be a great sight to see. Uh, McDonough, one of those guys, he left it all on the rink every single night for this New York Ranger franchise. He was probably, along with Dan Girardi, I would say the best defenseman on a lot of these Ranger teams that made these deep playoff runs and, of course, went to the Stanley Cup Finals in 2014. Uh, He was just a block shots machine. Uh, just left every ounce of his blood, sweat, and tears on the ice every single night. Anchored the blue line for the Rangers for however many years it was. What more could you possibly want? He was the captain and a great leader for the team as well and has a chance to win a Stanley Cup. He's now just two series wins away from hoisting the Stanley Cup trophy. And, you know, I really do want to see somebody that was on those Ranger teams in the, in the Elaine Vigneault years. I want to see somebody win the Stanley Cup. And if it's Ryan McDonough, I can't think of anybody much better other than maybe Henrik Lundqvist that I would like to see win the Stanley Cup. And, you know, it'd be tough to see them do it on a team like, say, you know, the Flyers or the Penguins or the Islanders, but it's the Lightning. I don't really have anything against the Lightning. Again, I know they beat us in 2015, but uh, I don't have 
you know, a dislike for the Lightning the way that I think a lot of us do for some of the Ranger division rivals. So if the Lightning win the Cup and Ryan McDonough wins the Cup, that's completely fine by me. And the only other thing that I want to touch upon here as it pertains to this Lightning and Bruins series is, and again, before I even say anything here, this is the vast minority of people that are going after Tuka Rask. I just can't believe some of the things that I read on Twitter. Tuka Rask, as you all know, he left the team to deal with uh, a family situation. There wasn't that much known about it when the news first broke, just that you know he felt like he needed to be with his family. And since then, uh, Tuka Rask has revealed that his daughter suffered a medical emergency. And I don't see how anyone on this planet can fault Tuka Rask for going home and being with his daughter who clearly needs him. And you know, he's trapped basically in Toronto in this bubble and he's got this, you know, obviously uh, a scary situation going on at home. I mean, if I'm one of his teammates, if I'm his coach, if I'm a member of the Bruins front office, I'm I'm telling him to go be with his family. And I don't know if they did that. Uh, I do know that, you know, all of his teammates, all of the coaching staff, everybody in the Bruins organization, they all said the right thing. You know, we understand him making this decision. Uh, family comes first, etc. But, you know, you do go on social media and you see fans who are calling him a quitter and you quit on yourself and you quit on your teammates and you quit on this city. Uh, get a life and get a grasp on what is important in this world, please. I, I just, he's got a young daughter who is sick. I mean, I, it's, I, I can't even believe I have to sit here and explain this. And again, I realize, you know, most people listening to this are probably going to agree with me that, you know, yes, family comes first. And I probably don't even need, I'm, I'm probably preaching to the choir here is probably what's happening. But, you know, you go on social media and there's somebody who's fairly prominent that was all over Tuka Rask calling him a disgrace. I'm not even going to say the person's name because I get the feeling he probably said this just to kind of, you know, stir up some controversy and get some attention for himself because he has no soul. And, you know, he's rightfully taking a lot of flack from people on Twitter right now. But there are people out there who, like, actually believe that, like, Tuka Rask, oh, man, he quit on his team. He really let his team down here. His young daughter is sick, has a, an emergency. Do you really think that the best thing for him to be doing right now is playing hockey? Yeah, probably not. And, I mean, let's say let's say that Tuka Rask actually decided to stay with the Bruins while this was going on. Do you think that's healthy for him to be playing hockey while your daughter is having a medical emergency? Do you really think that Rask would have been at his best in these games? Do you really think he would have had his head in the game? I mean, you never know. We've seen examples where, you know, grieving athletes play very well. Uh, the one that definitely comes to mind is Brett Favre. Uh, his father passed away, and then, I don't know if it was like the day after or two days later, but basically he played on Monday Night Football against the Raiders and just absolutely shredded them. But those examples, as far as I know, are few and far between, and I just don't know how, if you're Tuka Rask or anyone else, you can have your head completely in the game under those circumstances. And, and keep in mind, this is still the Stanley Cup playoffs. Everybody is still going pedal to the metal, full bore. Uh, competition is at an all-time high. So I just don't know how, if you're Tuka Rask, you, know, you concentrate on stopping 100-mile-per-hour slap shots when your daughter needs you. So listen, all the best to Tuka Rask and his family. And anyone who thinks that he quit on his team or quit on himself, whatever that even means, I don't even, what does that mean, he quit on himself? I don't even know what that means. But anyone that says he quit on himself or his team or the city, you need to get a life. And as far as what exactly happened with his daughter, we don't have any more specifics and we don't need any more specifics. His daughter had a medical emergency. He left to be with his family. I think it's the right decision. I think most people, if they were in his shoes, would do the exact same thing. That's it. End of story. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning, like, 
is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and have to wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse just happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. I also want to talk a little bit more about the Rangers hiring of Jacques Marte as the newest assistant coach on the team. We've got a quote here from David Quinn that was posted on the official Rangers Twitter page. Quinn said, The minute he became available, I thought, I need to talk to this guy. When we talked as a staff about what we were looking for, Jacques has all of that. And yeah, I mean, again, I, I'm just going to reiterate what I said yesterday. I do think this is a very solid hiring for the Rangers. They have definitely struggled defensively over the last few seasons, and I think he's the type of coach that can rectify that situation a little bit. He is known as kind of a defensive-minded coach, and a lot of you are probably aware of this, but this is something that I don't think I mentioned yesterday was how Marte became available, and that is because the Penguins uh, basically got rid of their entire coaching staff, minus Mike Sullivan. He's still the head coach there. But they cut ties with Marte, Sergei Gonchar, and Mark Recchi, and that seems a little bit harsh, doesn't it? Because you're talking about a team that has won the Stanley Cup twice in fairly recent history here. They won back-to-back -back Stanley Cups in 2016 and 2017, and all three of these guys were members of the Penguins franchise while that was happening. So I guess it really just does prove that hockey, and really all sports, kind of a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately type of business. Uh, I do wonder if Marte and you know the rest of the Penguins staff here uh, would have been safe if they at least got past the Canadians in the qualifying round. That was, of course, the 5-versus-12 matchup. The Penguins came in as heavy, heavy favorites, and they lose to them three games to one, so they don't make the actual 16-team uh, playoff tournament. But you know, if that's what it took for Marte to be fired, then I guess that works out in the Ranger favor because maybe if they get by the Canadians, then that would have been enough for all these assistant coaches on the Penguins to salvage their jobs. But that did not happen. All three of them become available. And I 100% believe David Quinn when he says that he was looking to talk to Marte as soon as he became available. Because again, this is somebody who has a lot of experience in the NHL, 17 years as an NHL head coach, and he spent the last seven years as an assistant coach on the Penguins. We know how good that they've been over that period of time, and of course, winning the two Stanley Cups. He is someone who, again, is very defensive-minded. He's kind of presided over the Penguins' penalty kill over his tenure in Pittsburgh, and they've regularly had one of the better penalty kill units in the league. And that's an area where the Rangers could definitely stand to improve. Hopefully, he's the guy to make it happen. And again, you know, I do like that dynamic. You know, David Quinn, not the most experienced NHL head coach out there, so I like the idea of having at least one assistant coach on your staff that has some experience in the NHL. And Marte definitely qualifies. Again, 17 seasons as a head coach in the NHL, and he has spent the last seven seasons with the Pittsburgh Penguins winning two Stanley Cups there. So if you're looking for somebody with some experience, somebody who's probably a little bit from the old school and somebody who concentrates on defense, I think this is a great fit for the Rangers. So 
it's great that they pounce uh, fairly quickly there. And, you know, Marte now in the fold. And uh, hopefully he can strengthen the team defense and the Rangers can just continue to get better and better. I mean, it's a franchise that I truly believe it's not just because I host this podcast I truly believe they are on the right path they are trending upward it's only a matter of time before you know they have a team that can go on deep playoff runs and maybe they even have a team that can compete for a Stanley Cup I mean I don't think we're quite there yet but I think this is a great hire somebody who can uh, you know lend his expertise lend his considerable experience to the Rangers and just fit in very seamlessly I think him replacing Lindy Ruff it's a great choice in a recent episode, we talked about how Vitaly Kravtsov is on loan from the Rangers to KHL Tractor. He will start the upcoming KHL season with that team. And by that same token, I think we should also talk a little bit about Igor Rykov, who will play for CSKA Moscow, also of the KHL. It's kind of a similar situation as with Kravtsov. Uh, but before we get too far ahead of ourselves, uh, let's go ahead and talk about Rykov a little bit. I know there's probably some people out there who maybe you're familiar with the name. You don't know a whole lot about him. So let's just talk about him and uh, bring everybody up to speed on where he is as far as his development goes and his prospects for playing with the Rangers next season. Uh, 23-year-old defenseman. He was selected by the Devils in the fifth round of the 2016 NHL draft, going number 132 overall. He was then traded to the Rangers in 2018, along with a second-round draft pick in exchange for Michael Grabner. Uh, Grabner was on an expiring contract, but this is when the Rangers decided to go all out with the rebuild. They were bona fide sellers at the trade deadline that season, and I really, really like Grabner. He's a player that I became very fond of. He only spent a year and a half with the Rangers, but very exciting player, very fast player, a guy who kind of rediscovered his scoring touch while playing with the Rangers, but trading him was really the only move that made any sense for a team that was, you know, again, going for a full-fledged rebuild. And Grabner only played in 21 regular season games with the New Jersey Devils and two playoff games with the Devils before moving on to the Coyotes the following season in free agencies. And as far as that second-round draft pick that the Rangers acquired in the Rykov for Grabner deal, you would also definitely be interested to know that they ended up trading that pick to move up in the draft and take Keandre Miller in the 2018 NHL draft at number 22 overall. So the Rangers, they definitely have a chance to win big with this Grabner trade because think about it. You know, Grabner at the time, he's on an expiring contract. The Rangers are rebuilding. He only ends up playing 23 games with his new team, the Devils. He doesn't really do much for them. He moves on in free agency the following season. And if you're the Rangers, you get Rykov in exchange for Grabner. And it could go either way with Rykov. I mean, I don't think he's like a, a mega can't-miss prospect, but he's definitely somebody that the Rangers like. He's somebody that had a chance to even crack the opening night roster last season. Uh, a broken ankle did him no favors, and then obviously some defensemen on the Rangers began to emerge, and he was almost kind of the forgotten man, at least maybe by some of us, not necessarily by the Ranger organization, because I think sooner or later we're definitely going to see Rykov uh, get some run with the Rangers, whether that happens this year or the year after. Uh, that remains to be seen. But you end up getting Rykov in exchange for Grabner, and that's good enough because, you know, it's a guy with at least a little bit of upside. But then you also, you know, you get that second-round draft pick, and you flip that draft pick to move up in the draft and take Keandre Miller, who is a, a big-time prospect for the Rangers, somebody that I fully expect to make his NHL debut with the Blue Shirts at some point next year. But that is a heck of a deal by the Rangers. They clearly won that trade. And again, I like Michael Grabner, but to just give him to the Devils for, what was it, 23 games and receive a defenseman who could end up being a key contributor on your NHL roster. And then not only that, but you get that second round draft pick and you kind of parlay that into moving up in the draft and taking a guy who's a big time prospect for the Rangers in K. Andre Miller. So you got to be excited about that deal if you're the Rangers. And 
one other important distinction, though, I do want to make between Rykoff and Kravtsov is that Rykoff was a fifth-round draft pick, whereas Kravtsov was the ninth overall pick in the draft. And Rykoff wasn't even drafted by the Rangers. So it's not like the Rangers are going to be in dire straits if Rykoff doesn't go on to become, you know, a big-time contributor and a perennial all-star for this franchise. But on the other hand, you know, this is how championship teams get assembled when you find these diamonds in the rough and you find these late round draft picks, these guys who aren't necessarily considered can't miss A plus prospects, and you turn them into solid players. You develop them and they go on to become key contributors for your team. And if Rykov can sort of outperform where he was drafted and ends up being a solid player for the Rangers and sticks in the six Ranger defenseman in the lineup every single night, uh that definitely bodes well for this team going forward. And I think another thing that's definitely working in Rykov's favor as far as you know, eventually getting a chance, getting some some good rope with the Rangers. I don't want them to call him up for like two games and then send him back down to, to Hartford or anything like that. I don't want to see that happen. Whenever Rykov eventually does get caught up to the Rangers, I want to see him given a pretty long leash, given a chance to make his mark on the NHL. Uh, that could happen this upcoming season. I've been putting a lot of these prospects at kind of 50-50, and I think it's kind of the same deal with Rykov. Although Rykov, I'm going to say, well, let's go 55-45. I don't want to just keep saying 50-50 for everybody. Let's say 55-45 because I think at a certain point, the Rangers are going to want to see what they have here with Rykov. And you also got to remember, you know, it doesn't take much for these guys to get an opportunity. If you play well in AHL Hartford, as Ryan Lindgren did, you're going to force your way onto the Ranger roster. And another thing that's working in Rykov's favor is you've got guys like Brennan Smith and Mark Stahl, and I don't want to kill these guys, but... At this point, I think it's fair game to say that they're overpaid. Each of them is in the last year of their contract going into this next season. And so one way or another, I think sooner or later, Rykov is probably going to take the place of one of those two gentlemen, uh, whether it happens this next season. I mean, there's no guarantee that Brandon Smith and Mark Stahl will even both be back with the Rangers this upcoming season. That could open the door for Rykov to get a chance. Uh, if anybody gets injured, you know, that can always create an opening for Rykov or anybody else to step onto the Rangers. But the bottom line, if we don't see Rykov next season, I think it's basically a slam dunk that we see him with the Rangers the season after that in 2021-2022 because, like we were just saying, at that point, Mark Stahl and Brennan Smith, each of their contracts are going to expire. I would be absolutely shocked if either of them is back with the Rangers after that. I suppose you never know if you feel like you just want to keep somebody familiar in the fold. I mean, I've talked about the importance of having a few veterans in the room, but right now, you know, Mark Stahl is 33 years old. Brandon Smith is 31 years old. They'll both be a year older when we get to this point next season and their contracts have expired. I just don't see what the point would be in bringing one of those guys back because wouldn't it be more exciting, even if Rykov hasn't made his NHL debut by that point, wouldn't it be more exciting to just toss him out there and see what you've got with him? And frankly, and again, I don't want to be too mean here because I think both players do play hard. Uh, Mark Stahl, you know, he, you could argue, maybe never quite lived up to the considerable hype that he had, but he was a big part of some Ranger teams that went on some deep playoff runs and even made it to the Stanley Cup Finals. He blocked a ton of shots. He plays hard. Uh, Brandon Smith, you know, he's been a okay player for the Rangers. Again, I think the effort is there. We talked about how he was selfless for this team, uh, being willing to change positions this season, play a little bit of forward for the Rangers. But again, I, I don't know they're not that good anymore, you know, like they're, and the, the Rangers, you know, they're still kind of in this rebuild mode. So I don't think it would really behoove them to re-sign Mark Stahl, who will be 34 this time next year, or to even re-sign Brandon Smith, who will be 32 at this time next season. I just don't know what the point of that would be. You want to create some openings for these prospects that are coming along. You're going to have to sooner or later make room for the Rykovs and the Ke'Andre Millers and the Nils Lundqvists. Uh, they're going to need 
to be able to get on the ice for the Rangers. And I think you just kind of get in your own way as a franchise if you've got somebody like Mark Stahl or Brandon Smith preventing that from happening. But as for Rykov, you know, I think it's kind of a similar type of situation as we saw with Kraftsoff. I think it's a good thing that they're kind of taking the initiative. They want to play hockey. They'll get some more seasoning in the KHL. And it's the same deal. You know, the Rangers, they can leave him over in the KHL for as long as they want. They can recall him back to the States at any time. They can assign him to AHL Hartford. They can put him on the Rangers. They can pretty much do whatever they want to do. The ball is very much in the Ranger court, and Rykov spent last season with the Hartford Wolfpack. That was his first season in Hartford. He had two goals and nine assists in 27 games, but it's not really about points with Rykov. He definitely is more of a stay-at-home uh, type of defenseman. He shoots lefty. He is six foot two, two 205 pounds, and he actually may have had a chance to crack the Rangers at some point last season, but again, he suffered uh, an ill-timed ankle injury. Not that there's ever a good time to get hurt, but when he was kind of maybe going to have an opportunity to state his claim, uh, he, you know, unfortunately suffered that injury. And so we saw guys like Adam Fox emerge. We saw guys like Ryan Lindgren emerge. Uh, even Liber Hayek, you know, he was kind of up and down, but he kind of emerged as the Rangers swingman, where if one of the main six Ranger defensemen were going to be out of the lineup, that it was probably going to be uh, Liber Hayek who was inserted into the lineup. So, you know, unfortunately, he just kind of got lost in the shuffle. But by all accounts, he did have a pretty solid season with the Hartford Wolfpack. And again, you know, I'm going to say 55-45 that he makes his debut this upcoming season with the Rangers. And if that does not happen, I I think it's basically a slam dunk that he debuts with the Rangers the season after that. Because at some point, you got to find out what you have here, and you've got to kind of turn the reins over to these younger defensemen that the Rangers have coming down the pipe here. You might also be interested to know that Rykov won a Gagarin Cup with Ska St. Petersburg in the KHL. That is the trophy that is presented to the KHL champions, and some of his teammates on that squad include Igor Shesterkin, you might have heard of him, and also Pavel Datsuk and Ila Kovalchuk. They were also on that squad, so very interesting uh, group of players there. And he was later traded to HC Sochi, where he played under Sergei Zubov, who was obviously uh, a huge part of the Rangers' 1994 Stanley Cup team. And hey, I could think of worse situations for Rykov to be in than learning from an excellent former NHL defenseman in Sergei Zubov and somebody who also has experience playing for the Rangers and playing in New York. So, yeah, that's very cool to hear as well. He also won a silver medal with Russia in the 2016 World Juniors and a bronze medal with Russia in the 2017 World Juniors. So, yeah, you know, I just thought this would be a good time to sort of uh, let you guys get to know Igor Rykov just a little bit. I mean, I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with him already, but we might do this from time to time in the offseason where we take a look at some of these Ranger prospects, some guys that are coming down the pipe, and the KHL is set to begin tomorrow night, actually, Wednesday night, September 2nd, so we will definitely be keeping an eye on how Rykov performs in that league. We will also keep an eye on Vitaly Kravtsov. Kravtsov really needs to have a big season over there. You know, he's got to show something at this point that, you know, makes Ranger fans start to feel a little bit better because, you know, the KHL is definitely a competitive league. Take nothing away from the players who are playing over there. But, you know, the AHL, I think, is the next step up. And then, obviously, the NHL is a whole new ball game and where competition is at its most fierce. So I think it would definitely uh, ease the nerves of a lot of Ranger fans if Vitaly Kravtsov were to have a big season in the KHL this year for however long he ends up being over there because, like we said, uh, the Rangers can recall him anytime they want. And if Rykov, you know, plays well over there as well, that certainly bodes well for his chances of eventually cracking the Ranger lineup this year. I think at some point... Uh, Probably both players will be back with the Wolfpack, but we'll just have to wait and see how it goes. First things first, let's see how they do in the KHL. Uh, fingers crossed, obviously, that both players continue to develop and continue to make us all feel good about where they are and about their chances of contributing to the New York Rangers in the 2020-2021 season. So 
Uh, that's going to do it for today, guys. Uh, once again, thank you so much for tuning in. If you would like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Uh, definitely don't be shy to reach out and just say hi. Ask me a question about the Rangers. Just talk some hockey. Talk about the playoffs, whatever it might be. Uh, you know, send me a DM, tweet me, do whatever you got to do. Send me an email. Uh, always like hearing from you guys. Always like getting some feedback on the show. So, yeah, once again, thanks for tuning in. We will see you next time.